Uh, you've already been welcome to the gospel meeting tonight, and I just simply would re-echo what you've already heard. Personally, appreciate your effort to be with us, and ask you to remember the meetings for those that have just come in. Since the announcements were made, the meetings will start promptly at um, 7.45 and conclude at 8.30. And we respect your time and coming here, and uh, you can expect the meeting will be that long. So thank you very much for coming. If you have any questions about what you may hear during this meeting and it's not clear to you, um, that's what we're here for, to try and help you with any way that we can. We certainly don't profess to always make it as clear as we should, maybe not as clear as we could, but um, we certainly, certainly before the Lord would do our very best. If you have a Bible, bring your Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you a Bible. We want people to understand that what we're speaking, what we're preaching nightly in these gospel meetings is from the Word of God. It's not something that we have floated as an opinion, not something that we have conjured up in our thinking as we think is a good way or a new slant on it. We're preaching the ageless, ancient message of the Gospel, how a person can be ready for heaven. Our first reading tonight is going to be in John's Gospel in chapter 1. Gospel of John in chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John in chapter 1. John chapter 1, and of course John is referring to the Lord Jesus. In verse 10 he says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now notice, verse 13 says, Which were born, or that could read born again, not of blood, or the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. Now over to chapter 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except... A man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now those are five words emphatically spoken. Ye must be born again. Now down to verse number 14, please. Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Final reading is over in the latter part of your Bible in First Peter, please. First Peter, First Peter in chapter 1. Now if you get to the Hebrew epistle, large epistle near the 
into your Bible. You'll come to Hebrews, James, and 1 Peter in chapter 1, and verse number 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which, which by the gospel is preached unto you. <clears throat> That's what we're going to speak about tonight. We're going to speak about the only prerequisite for heaven. The Lord Jesus spoke very clearly to one of the most religious men of his day, and he just said to him, Ye must be born again. And maybe you're in the meeting tonight, and you don't understand anything more than being born again than this man did. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe you're hearing it for the last time. Maybe there are others in the meeting tonight, and you've heard it, and you're so familiar with it. You say, well, what could you tell me that I don't already know? Well, it's not so much that I can tell you something you don't already know. Let me ask you, are you born again? When did it happen? What happened at the moment you were born again? Do you have assurance that you're on this narrow way taking you to heaven tonight? Because that's the only way that a person can go to heaven. The only way they ever enter this narrow way off this broad way is what the Bible calls the new birth. Or by being saved, by being born again. Now we read three things about the new birth that I want to just leave with you tonight in the meeting. First of all, we read in John chapter 1, the new birth is expressed. When you go down, we'll come back to it, but when you go down through those verses, you can see that John is leading up to something to remind us that if a person is going to get to heaven, it's not of himself, and it's not of somebody else, and it's not of some preacher or pastor. But it's by the word of God. It's the only way that a person is born again, by the word of God. So you say, how can a person be born by the word of God? Well, Peter will answer that. But the new birth is expressed. The delightful thing in John chapter 3 is that it is experienced. That's the purpose of these gospel meetings. It isn't to get you uh, interested in the gospel hall so you'll start attending here. Although we would be very glad to have you come here. We're not out tonight scouting for members or membership. But it is this, that you may understand from this Bible, that if ever you're going to be in heaven, you have to be born again, because Jesus said it. And this man, Nicodemus, with all that he knew about the Bible, with all that he understood about the teaching of the Bible, there's one discovery he made that night that would leave him never the same again, and it was this, I'm not born again, and I'm not going to heaven. That's, my friend, is the most difficult thing for people to face, is the fact I'm not going to heaven. I have never been born again. I've had people say to me, well, you know, this could have happened, but I just can't remember when it happened. And others will say, well, you know, I kind of feel that it has happened. My friend, when a person is born again, just as this man was in John chapter 3, you'll remember it. Nobody has to remind you. You don't need your parents to say, well, now this is what happened in the bedroom. You were thinking this and, and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I just saw a lady this weekend uh, at a Christian convention and she could become the gospel means that we had. And as far as we knew, well, she said she was born again. She said she was going to heaven. I got a call early one morning and she said, uh, I need to talk to you, man. So we went over to visit her. 
And Cheryl said, I have never been born again. And I said, "Mm, you've never been born again? She says, I haven't. She said, I had an experience. But the difficulty with the experience was this. My mother had to tell me what happened. Because I couldn't remember it. Would that satisfy you? Something that your parent or a friend had to tell you, well, this is what happened, even though you can't remember it. If you were to go to this man, Nicodemus, and say, what happened that night when you went to see the Lord Jesus? What really took place? He'd tell you. There would be no hesitation at all. He would be able to tell you very clearly a great discovery he made that night, and it was this, I'm not in the kingdom of God. I'm not born again. I'm not, in another language, saved. I am therefore not going to heaven. That night, he experienced the new birth. He experienced what it meant to be born again. Now, you're likely sitting there thinking, you know, it would have to be more than one night. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. More than once, at the very first night of a series of gospel meetings, someone has gotten saved. Maybe I've heard it maybe for the first time. We had a, a man, another man, in fact, I saw him the week before at a conference, and uh, he had come to meetings we had in Nova Scotia, and I was very concerned that he would be, uh, he lived a long ways away from where we had the tent at that time, and I was very concerned that he would be back and coming to the meetings, and I was trying to figure out how could we get him a ride, how could we get this man reading to the gospel, but he says he wanted to be saved. As we stood there at the back and we were talking about this, he said, I just thought I'd tell you something. He said, I just got saved this afternoon. Heard it once. He had heard it that morning. After we had had the breaking of bread, because he was going back to central Nova Scotia, we decided to have a gospel meeting. Hadn't even got to the tent yet. We're still in the hall. And during the afternoon, during that gospel meeting, that man trusted Christ. Let me ask you another question. Do you want to be born again? Are you totally satisfied at this moment? That if this night was to be your last, that you are ready for heaven. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do not make a mistake when it comes to this. So we read about the new birth, being born again, it's expressed, it's experienced. I believe that Peter explains it. 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible. Now I wouldn't have to tell you that we are, as human beings, born of corruptible seed. Because we are going to the grave. As an Adam, all must die. The Bible says, it's appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. It says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, death by sin, death is passed upon all men. So we are tonight born of corruptible seed. I have read to you tonight, from the Bible that calls itself the incorruptible seed. When a person receives this word, receives God's word for what Christ has done on Calvary, they believe God. John chapter 1, we're coming back to that. God literally declares they are born again. You see, I, I don't think any of us really have, have arrived on planet Earth and said, uh, you know, this, this, this doesn't suit. I mean, uh, I, I've only tried to imagine what it would look, what it would be like if, if the sky instead of being blue was um, red, and if the grass was instead of being green orange. Can you imagine any other color for the way that God has literally painted our globe tonight? Oh, you can't. The color of the sky, the color of the grass, whatever it might be, 
God has literally built you for the place that you came to. Now the Lord Jesus spoke in John chapter 14. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And my friend, when people get to heaven, they will discover this place was prepared before I got here. Any place that God ever sends anybody, stay with me, any place God sends, ever sends anybody, any place He ever takes anybody, He always was there and prepared it first. Genesis chapter 3. God didn't make Adam and say, now just stand back for a while. I'm going to literally uh, clear some ground here that will be workable and you can kind of get on with your vegetarian life. Didn't do that. God had prepared that garden first. Then he made the man, if you like, he made him adaptable to what he was coming into. He said, what's your point? point is this. People sit back and say, well, uh, why do you have to be born again to go to heaven? Because as sure as you had to have a first birth to fit you for this life, you must have the second birth to fit you for the next life. And if you don't have it, my friend, you will never be in heaven, because Jesus said it. So Peter says, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. All flesh, he says, is as grass. And the flower of the grass, the flower thereof, um, the grass uh, fadeth away, the flower thereof falleth, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by the which the gospel is preached unto you. So Peter literally links the truth of the message of the gospel with being born again to go to heaven. Come back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. This is what it says. He came, that is the Lord Jesus, he came unto his own, his own things, his own people, they received him not. They didn't recognize him for who he was. They didn't recognize him for what he did. Anything that he declared, they seemed oblivious to it. What was wrong? Were they not intelligent? They were intelligent. Did they not know the scriptures? They knew the scriptures. You know what they were doing? You know what those Pharisees were seeking to do? They were seeking to plan and plot some means by which they could get to heaven or be right with God apart from what anybody said. Apart from what the prophets said. That's what the Lord Jesus invariably would say to them. Search the scriptures. Go to your Bible. Have a look at it. We sometimes tell people in gospel preaching that if all a gospel would ever does is provoke you enough to send you to this Bible yourself to say, hey, is this right? Is this what I'm going to have? Then that's enough. Because you will discover that what we're preaching tonight is exactly what the Word of God says. Now, in John chapter 1, he says this, which were born, okay? Three things he says, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. Then the fourth is, but of God. I think I likely speaking for some of these students here that have done multiple choice questions. And um, I always found those very interesting. A lot better, a lot better writing something out in grammar or writing something out in history or whatever. And maybe I should have paid a little more attention to some of that. But there's something about very challenging about a, a multiple choice question. Because as you looked at your options, as you looked at the possible answers, there's four of them, okay? You look at one and you say, no way. And you stroke it out. Then you look maybe at the next one and you say, I hear this one here. No, I don't think so. It's, it's out. Then there would be two that were very close. 
but only one of them was right. And you likely did what I did. Somehow you just took a guess, hope for the best. My friend, there's no guessing when it comes to this. There's only one that's right. In other words, he says, which were born not of blood, it's not of human descent. Which were born, he says, not of the will of the flesh, it's not of human desire. Naturally speaking, people don't want to hear this. The average person really doesn't want to hear they have to be born again. They're quite content. They feel, well, I have as good a chance, often their language, I have as good a chance as anybody. I'm not disputing that, my friend, but neither one of you will get to heaven unless you are born again. He says, nor the will of man is not of human design, but, it says, of God. A person is born again, it's God, my friend, that brings about that new birth. So very clearly in John chapter 1, it is expressed. I've often looked at it like this. The new birth is really the uh, heaven's register of vital statistics. Now being a Canadian, I'm not sure just how it is done here in the United States, but I happen to work with the EAPIS simply because I fly myself and um, come into this country and now you have to have electronic advanced passenger information service with all your, uh, whoever's passing you with, or traveling with you with passports, when they expire, where they're going to visit this country and how long they're going to be here and so on. All of that must be up front, it must be submitted to... Um, your U.S. Border uh, Protection Services, it must be submitted to them. They send me back a submission, acknowledgement, say, okay, you can proceed to come into this country. Because they have literally fed that into, into programmers and computers, and that has come back with all the history of Murray McCandless, all the history of his wife Shirley McCandless that would be traveling with him today. If you don't get that submission number, you can't take off. Now those, those laws have just changed in the last few years. It's only been maybe the last three years we've had to do that. You used to fly in and you'd fight them and say, uh, uh, Bangor, you'd call them up and say, I'm coming, okay, what time are you going to be here? Who's on board? How many Canadians? How many Americans? How many UK? Whatever. That's all changed. In other words, this country is saying, there's certain people we don't want in this country. And we don't even want them on our soil. And before you ever leave any foreign soil, we want to know who's coming. Because we have a law in this country. And it happens to be our country. Therefore, foreigners are not going to dictate to us how they're going to come in. Fair enough, isn't it? My friend, this is God's country tonight. A lot of people have in their head that this is their country. And that God has kind of uh, got a bow and kotow uh, to what they want, what they like. Not so, friend. Heaven happens to be the property of God. And he says you have to be born again to go there. Not because he doesn't love you. Not because he doesn't want you. My friend, he loves you tonight. The very chapter that tells you you have to be born again is the chapter that says, in verse number 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see... If you were to go into the vital statistics of Canada, you can even do a Google search and it'll bring it up for any sake. If you were to put my name in it, Murray McCandless, you would find that on November the 3rd, 1945, I'm 65 years of age, but on November the 3rd, 1945, I was born in the Elgin Memorial Hospital to Alan Ruth McCandless. And that is in vital statistics. It's there. But there's something else in vital statistics. If you would go further, 
and uh, you put in marriage, it would say this. I gotta be careful, especially in this one, my wife's in the meeting. They would say this that in on December the twenty third, nineteen sixty seven, Murray McCandless and Shirley Ann Godsell were joined in marriage in the London Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, in Middlesex County. Those are all part of the vital statistics. Let me ask you tonight. Do you understand heaven has registered vital statistics? Are you there? Are you recorded there? The Bible says, the psalmist said that when the Lord would write up the people, he would write that this man was born there. Very important, my friend. Whatever happens in life, whatever happens to you, sir, whatever happens to your lady, whether you decide never to come to a meeting like this again or not, let me tell you this, never forget it. That if you ever want to be in heaven, the Bible says you must be born again. I just come from uh, St. Thomas, Ontario, and I was visiting my 90-year-old uncle. His name is Lyle McCandless. My father is 92. His name is Alan McCandless. He lives in Toronto. My uncle lives in St. Thomas. I had another uncle. His name was Ray McCandless. Ray's gone. I can remember that I was called when he had died, and we went up for his funeral. And uh, where the funeral would take place, of course, was in the Sifton Funeral Home. Now the Siftons are related to the McCandlesses and often the McCandless funerals are handled by the Sifton Funeral Home. You know, you went there and uh, there were a lot of people coming and visiting um, relatives, family relatives, friends of my uncle, Ray McCandless. Very interesting. Um, when people left, you know how you saunder around a little bit and uh, just in the next row over, there's right above the door, it said this Lloyd Pressey. And after his family had gone and you went into that room and you'd pick up, there was the same little memorial card. Same sunset on it. Same verses. Almost the same thing inside. It seems so economical that they just printed in, said Lloyd Pressey, they would print in Ray McCandless. But you know, as you looked at the two of them, there was hardly anything that turned them over. They uh, were born in the same county, lived in the same area, born the same year, and obviously died the same day. And if you went down Ray McCandless's, it would say this, born April the 4th, 1929. And obviously it would say this, that uh, on the same card for Ray McCandless, that he died May the 24th, 1997. But in between those two was another date. And when you went down over his, my uncle's card, it said this, born again, May the 12th, 1941. But when you picked up Lloyd Presley's card, there was no line like that. There was a line that was very significantly missing. I visited a couple. Um, They're neighbors of ours right now. We just moved to a new area in Sussex, and I just visited a couple. And these people make no profession of being saved. And the lady of the house said to me, she said, uh, she read the... Uh, Kings County Record. It's a widely read paper and area. I said, yes, of course I do. Um, I better because I contributed to it as a I read an article in it every week on the gospel. She said, did you notice the obituaries? Now I said, that department, my wife looks after that. She reads them and then reads them off to me. But she said, there must have been one she read. And she described this lady and said this. These were the words of this lady before she died. 
I wasn't really looking forward to this day. But I was ready for this day. I had peace with God. I know where I'm going to be when you are reading this article. I will be in heaven because Jesus died for me. And went on very briefly to describe how she started for heaven. So I turned to the lady and said, do you have something like that? She says, no, I don't. And she says, my husband, Jim, he doesn't have it either. That's not a bad start. You see, my friend, the first thing is to discover, like this man discovered, I don't have this experience. I'm not going. I'm not going. Let's go, let's look at a man like Nicodemus here. It's interesting that, I mean, here's part of a Sanhedrin, a very large religious body. Where were his friends? They weren't crowding in to hear it. You know what it tells us? That when it comes to salvation, it becomes a, a very individual thing. It becomes something of singular importance. Where a person realizes whether my friends are interested or not, whether my family likes the idea or not, that when it comes to dying, I've got to die. And I want to be absolutely certain that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven. Because my friend, there's a heaven and a hell. And everybody in this meeting is going to one or the other. Where are you going? Don't, don't, don't try to go on some kind of a misconception that uh, in the end it will all work out. It's not going to. It's not going to, friend. That's why you have a Bible tonight. That's why very clearly it tells you you must be born again. Don't wait till it is too late. I'm reminded the last time I flew through Dublin, Ireland. It was a few years ago back, maybe in 2003 I think it was. And we'd had some meetings over there in Ireland and I was coming back and uh, we were coming through Dublin, Ireland. There was a big long lineup for the U.S. Customs where you were literally pre-cleared for coming into the United States. I mean, when you got here, of course, you didn't have to do customs. Ahead of me were three young girls that I can remember them, yet they were this kind of kicking their duffel bags along. They were chatting and they were looking forward to boarding the aircraft, clearing the lines and getting on the aircraft and so on. As we got closer, one girl in particular I noticed uh, started to look very serious. And she looked down and she started to unzip her duffel bag. And uh, started to look for something. Her two friends stood back and they said, Nicole. That's all I said. Nicole. She knew what they meant. You know what they were saying without saying it? You don't mean to tell us that you actually left home without your passport. She said, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I think I can find it. She didn't find it. You, you know what? Just listening in conversation without eavesdropping, you know what the conclusion she came to? That she was going to talk to the customs officer in such a way that he or she would let her in to the country without a passport. Well, that, was, that might have been good thinking, but it wasn't wise thinking. As we went through that lineup and went in to be questioned by the customs and immigration officer, I was on a call going off on a little side over to another room and was being escorted down the hall. The last thing I saw, the last time I saw Nicole, the customs officer was literally sitting at her desk, her pen in her hand. I remember she was tapping it on a blotter, shaking her head. And Nicole was crying. Basically, what she was being told, you are not going to America today. 
I got on the aircraft, the two girls came down the aisle, and I just simply said, boy, the look on them. It's just like it had literally shattered their whole vacation. I said, your friend didn't make it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. Thought she had it. Thought she had it. My friend, the purpose of a gospel meeting is that when it comes to the end of life, I don't want anybody here going through your duffel bag of your past, hoping there's something there that's going to get you into heaven. Because it won't. It won't. That's why the Bible says, Amos chapter 4, verse number 12, prepare to meet thy God. That's what this man Nicodemus was doing. This man was beyond, he was past his friends, his associates, his family, whoever they might be. This man had come to a conclusion, this is something that I have to have. Because that's why it is, it's so emphatic. Ye must, ye must be born again. The Bible says, ye must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. And as he started to speak with the Lord Jesus that night, he realized very quickly, I don't have this. I mean, the Lord Jesus was not trying to embarrass him. He says, how can a man be born when he is old? Good question. How can a man be born when he is old? Good question. With great difficulty, if I had to answer that question. At this weekend, I'm usually in Lancelot, Labrador, at a conference. I can take you to men that I know in that little coastal village on the coast of Labrador, northeastern Canada, who have sons that are elders in the assembly. One of them has a son-in-law preaching the gospel. A lot of their children in the assembly took them faithfully to children's meetings, to gospel meetings, to whatever. And they got saved. And when you would talk to dad, yes, he was thinking about it. But they're not saved. These men today are in their 80s. And they heard it when they were 21. Still not saved. My friend, the time for you to get this is now. Not even tomorrow. The time for you to get this is tonight. This man realized that. The Lord Jesus just simply took an illustration that he would know from Numbers chapter 21. And he said to him, listen. As Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I believe that at that moment, whatever Nicodemus didn't understand became very, very clear to him. Now that's a passage maybe another night we'll speak on. When those people were bitten, and their only hope was to look away from themselves and their sin and look away to a provision that God had made through the Bible with Moses by taking a serpent of brass and putting it on a pole. And he said, now everyone that looks in the direction of that, looks toward that provision, will be whole. They didn't die. And he said, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And that's what the Lord Jesus meant when he spoke about Calvary, about going to the cross, dying, giving his life, so you could go to heaven, so you could be born again. You know what happened that night? He experienced it. He simply trusted the Savior. I had to get his assurance from verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friend, this is a message for everybody. doesn't matter tonight whether you're a judge or a janitor. Doesn't matter tonight whether you're a banker or the banker. Doesn't matter whether you're the teacher or the student. 
It does not matter, my friend, whether you're the doctor or you are the dying. You must be born again. In my type of work, I am sometimes called upon to make commitments that are further into the future than I really like. But some of these brethren that convene conferences and meetings like this want a commitment. I can tell you tonight where I'm expected to be a year from now in gospel meetings. I don't know that I'll be there. I can tell you where I'm expected to be in the new year in gospel meetings. I don't know that I'm going to be there. Next summer, next spring. Christmas time. Some that even want you to commit for 2013 and I'm being absolutely serious tonight. And I don't know that I'll be there. But you know something I do know? I know where I'll be a thousand years from tonight. Do you? You're there, right? I know where I will be one thousand years from tonight. I'll be in heaven. Where will you be? A thousand years from tonight, none of us will be here. Where will you be? That's why on this dark night, this man didn't want to leave from what he was hearing from the Savior himself until he was absolutely certain that he was going to heaven and that he was going to be there. You see, when it comes to the, when it comes to the new birth, you must understand, my friend, uh, here, here's a man, first of all, and it was misunderstood. By and large, it is today. You talk to people about being born again and they think of uh, businesses that have been born again or reborn, as the term is, and... Uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. And there's a lot of people that claim that they're born again, but you start to talk to them, and very soon you see, without being judgmental or critical, they don't understand what we're talking about. But there's some in this meeting saying, you do. You know exactly what we're talking about. And you're not born again. And if you died tonight, you would be tonight where you'll be a thousand years from now. You would be in hell. Do you understand? You don't need to. You don't need to perish. You don't need to die and go down to hell. You don't need to be on the road taking you to a place you don't want to go to. You can be born again by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary. Accepting that He died for your sins to allow you to go to heaven. Trust Him. And the Bible says, you will be in heaven. You see, that's why sometimes people say to you, um, as they will say to me, uh, Oh, uh, you mean to tell me that without this I won't go to heaven, I'll be in hell? Yeah, that's what I mean to tell you. That's what the Bible says. Well, they say, well, what father, what kind of father would you be if you let your child go to hell? I said, so are you telling me you, you are one of his children? Yes, we're all God's children. I know the song says that, but the Bible doesn't. There's nowhere in this Bible that says that we are God's children. That we're all born God's children. It says we're born as creatures. We are born into this world, His creation. And the Bible says it takes a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's what it takes for you to be in heaven. And finally, the new birth explained. It's interesting that the Spirit of God takes Peter to tell us this about the new birth. Because Peter is the man that tells us so emphatically, so clearly that verse number 12 of Acts chapter 4. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. Now Peter is making sure you make no mistake about the new birth. 
He says, you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible. The very moment, my friends, you take what God has said in his word for yourself, you have taken in seed that will not die. And it will give you what the Bible calls eternal life, everlasting life. And you'll never perish. You'll never be in hell. I can tell you tonight, personally, it's a wonderful thing to be saved. Wonderful thing to be born again. Wonderful thing to know that you're going to heaven. I trust there's some in this meeting tonight that'll be the longing of your heart. Trust that you come to this meeting tonight, not just coming to this series, but coming to this meeting tonight, determined that I want to make absolutely sure I am going to heaven. You remember, these are the words of the Lord Jesus. He has spoke very clearly and very emphatically. You know, you can go to other countries, you can come into this country on what they call a temporary visa temporary visa. That just simply means you're staying longer than a normal visit. But you can't go to heaven on a temporary visa. You can come into this country here as an alien resident. That means you're living in a country in which you were not born. (laughs) My friend, when it comes to heaven, you cannot live in a country in which you were not born into and you have to be born again to be in that country. There are people that can come into this country on a work visa. That simply means if uh, arrangements are made and there's a particular profession that you're in and that help is needed in this country, you can come into this country on a work visa. You know, there's all kinds of people going to heaven, think they're going to heaven on a working visa. You know how that is? They are sure that they do the best they can. The very best they can. How could God ever deny me heaven? Let me remind you, quote what the Bible says, for by grace... Are ye saved through faith that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Remember, ye must be born again. Shall we pray?